Hi, I'm Carlin Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. People-pleasing is an unconscious attempt to control someone's opinion of you. I'm going to say this again. People-pleasing is an unconscious attempt to control someone's opinion of you. So I read this on Instagram this morning, and it was one of those positivity mindset quotes from, I don't even remember, to be honest with you, I just saved the graphic because it hit me so hard, and I figured, you know what, I'm just going to turn on the mic this morning and flow it out because I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there like me. When I read this, I'd never thought about And I know I'm a recovering people pleaser, and I say recovering meaning it's a conscious effort to remind myself that you serve others, not please others, and there's a huge difference between those two, and a a very wise life coach uh, taught me that. Um, And I'll give her a shameless plug, blossomofsnow.com, Bonnie Utley, she's amazing. And that has stuck into my head that why do we spend so much of our time and our effort in our lives trying to please other people because they have a certain opinion of us or just this what this quote said an unconscious attempt to maybe control their opinion of us and what a futile exercise this is when you really really think about it I mean how many of us and my myself hugely included in this I look back at my entire life even from childhood always trying to please a mother who could never be pleased. She was, and I know I've talked about this before, but bears worth repeating because, you know, I think your childhood is such a critical formation of who you become later in life, but I don't think it has to dictate who you become later in life. And I think the self-awareness, therapy, all the tools that you can get out there and being intentional about overcoming some of those things that you went through in your younger years is 100% possible. For some of us, it's a daily conscious exercise, and that's okay too, right? Um, so thinking about that, when you have a critical, grew up in a critical household, like my mother was very, very critical of everything, and it was such a futile exercise in trying to always do something that pleased her. And there were definitely times where I felt like I think she was proud, but she would tell other people, not me. For me, it was always, well, you need to do more of this. You need to lose more weight. You need to do whatever. And what's so ironic, too, and one of the biggest things I wish I had a time machine to go back in time for is I always thought I was so fat and ugly growing up. I was always so self-conscious of what I looked like. And really, I never got above a size 7 in high school, and I thought I was fat. And now I could wish I could go back and kick my own ass for those kinds of feelings and never feeling like the pretty girl and I look back on me I'm like oh yeah I was actually pretty dang attractive (laughs) and it's like with a mindset now it's like oh my gosh why do we let people get into our heads even the people who are supposed to love us the most get into our heads because we trust them because they are our parents or a sibling or an aunt uncle grandmother teacher coach you know community leader church leader there's so many influences in our lives 
that give us opinions of ourselves. And then we start to to accept those and accept those, especially if we hear them over and over again. And what I realized too as an adult is that really does foray into your adulthood and, and into your work life and into your school life and everything, unless you put a conscious label on it and say, hold on, I'm not going to live my life by other people's opinions of me. Because that's just what it is. It's an opinion. They're welcome to opine on anything they want to in the entire world. Just like I have opinions and I can opine on anything I want to in the world. It's my freedom. And I believe we do have freedom to say what we think. And But there are going to be people who say things because they are hateful, rude, want to tear you down, want to make you feel bad because more often than not, it's because they're unhappy and they're insecure and they, for some weird psychotic reason, people think that tearing other people down is going to make themselves feel better. And I just, I don't even know where that comes from, but it does seem to be very prevalent in our lovely human condition. And so because of that, everyone's going to have an opinion with their own lens, their own filter, their own reason or insecurity as to why they're saying that so then why do we take those as such truth into our hearts into our minds and let them impact us so much and I do and I'm not saying it's easy I know it's hard when it's someone that you trust or you care about or you think highly about or maybe look up to and that is really painful when people like that are being negative towards you or having opinions of you but we have got to shut out those voices in our minds or we are going to live the rest of our lives for other people's and based on their opinions. And we, I promise you, will lose our identity and what that means. And that's happened to me. My self-worth for so, so many years was the opinion of my work environment, how what I accomplished, what were the certificates, what were the awards, what were the things that people acknowledged about me was that was where my self-worth was, was in my job and in my career and in what the people around me thought of me, my leaders, mentors, etc. That is super unhealthy. Now, I'm not saying there's not validity in some of that, but it you have to keep it in a place that's a healthy version of that. That even if you don't get the accolades, even if you don't, you know, win the awards and do all that, that's just chasing things. That's chasing a moment in time. It's chasing a high, if you will. It's chasing that same feeling that you get that when you when you go shopping and you buy something and it's like, yes, I got a good deal and I love this. It's so great, blah, blah, blah. And then like two weeks later, you're like, eh, whatever. I need the next thing. I need something else. Because you're, you're searching for these kind of momentary highs of you know getting pats on the back or getting recognized or having someone say something nice of you and in the meantime you're losing your self-worth you're losing your self-worth and who you are and recognizing that that has nothing to do with what your job is that has nothing to do with another person's opinion of you in school or church or anywhere I mean it's really it comes from inside of you and that's where self-worth needs to start and For me, too, I mean, you guys know I'm a person of faith, and I believe that we are all uniquely created. We are all, there's no, no other Carlin has ever existed, and no other Carlin will ever have have existed. And some people are like, oh, thank God. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But truly, because I believe that we are created and put here on this earth for a purpose, for a reason, that in and of itself, through God's grace, makes me worthy done worthy just who I am and then all the other stuff where I can 
make myself better. I can exercise. Well, I need to do that. But, you know, again, not dogging myself for it. It's like, yeah, of course, there's ways to keep learning, keep growing, keep moving forward in this life. And there's nothing wrong with that. You should be growing and learning until the day you you die and go on to the, you know, next life. Um, I mean, afterlife, not next life. But you guys know what I mean. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And that is the journey, not the destination. But putting your worth in what other people's view is of you, another human, think about it that way. And like, there's just another human going through life, trying to figure out their stuff too, and doing the same kind of thing on, on a journey, but just on a different path. And along the way, you intersect with different people. I tend to believe that mo- that people path- cross your paths for a reason. And usually it's either to teach you something or to teach them something um, along the way. And sometimes people stay on your paths and stay with you for the, for the long haul. And sometimes they don't. Or sometimes people go in and out of your lives. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just part of life. And we all go through different stages. We all go through different, um, you know, places in life. Or you might have different jobs and you meet new people. And you, I, I just love, like, expanding my network, meeting new people and growing that. Because I think the more you do cross people's paths, the more you have an opportunity to impact others and the more you have an opportunity to get impacted by them. But it's about also keeping all of that in a frame of reference, keeping all that in perspective, because you are always going to meet somebody else with an opinion about you. And that's okay, great. That's your opinion. And when you get into like the work environment, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, but I should care about what my boss thinks or I should care about what my leader thinks. And I'm a leader and I give feedback to people. Feedback, you know, is a gift and blah, blah. I hate that phrase, by the way. Feedback's a gift. I get the intention of what it means. I just think it's hilarious because it's like I agree that I speak the truth in love and I do believe that the most important role of a leader is to be honest with their people in order to help them but not harm them in order to help them grow, in order for them to see, you know, objectively if they have blind spots, if they have things they need to work on or how they're coming across. But I also realize that that doesn't feel like a freaking gift. That probably sometimes feels a little like, oh man, that kind of doesn't feel great. And that's okay. But I'm there to sit with them and go, it's okay that this might be hard to hear. So let's just take it a step at a time and let's just, you know, take a step back. Do you agree? Because sometimes we get feedback we don't agree on, and that's okay too. I've gotten feedback that I need to be more evil, and I need to like fight fire with fire and take other people out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm never listening to that feedback. And that was from a leader. So you can't always just take feedback exactly how it's given to you. John Maxwell talks about this a lot too. It's you need to assess the feedback. You need to recognize who's giving it, where it's coming from, and are they giving it to you to harm or to help? And their motives to me makes me want to then decide if I'm going to follow them or not. It's just super important. And I know that we're coming up on the end of the year here and there's a lot of organizations that do end of year performance reviews. And I believe truly the best, as a leader, the best kind of review are the ones where that person knows exactly what's probably going to be in there. And it's just literally a summary of any other conversations you've had throughout the year. There should never, ever be a surprise in a year-end review from your leader. That means your leader was not being a good leader and giving you feedback and observations and suggestions and some of that that speaking the truth and love along the way shame on them if that's what's happening 
And truthfully, too, I think in those year-end type of uh, moments, a lot of us are asked to do a self-assessment, which always feels a little, uh, some of us who are maybe overly humble, um, don't like to talk about ourselves and don't like to market our accomplishments or brag. They feel braggadocious in some way. And that's not it at all, right? You should be proud of the things that you accomplish and share those highlights. And then some people also... Um, they, when you're asked about your strengths or opportunities, they're like, well, I don't have any opportunities. I'm not going to give them opportunities because that just means that then they'll see that I know I have stuff that I have to work on. They're going to rank me lower or they're going to tell me something. What? Oh my gosh. Like seriously, we all need to get over ourselves with that. It's like if you're in a job interview and you ask somebody, you know, what if, you know, if I was to ask the people you work with, what are your strengths and what are your opportunities? And if anybody ever says, oh, well, I don't think I have any opportunities. Don't hire that person. And in fact, walk away immediately and be like, thank you, interview done. And I have done that before, actually, because that is a ridiculous statement. We all have things to work on, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, it comes down to being self-aware and recognizing in balance what is it that I – What are my opportunities? But knowing that I have a crap ton of strengths that, you know, and I've done a lot of wonderful things this year, not alone necessarily, but hey, I'm part of this team that has helped drive this, 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 and this. That's not being braggy. That's just stating facts. That's just sharing what your part is in that and making sure that you're giving yourself credit where credit's due. The same way, leaders, that you should always be giving others credit where credit's due. Why don't we do that with ourselves? right? And again, not taking, I never ever take credit for my team's work, but I will take credit for the role I play as a leader in helping drive the team's work to the finish line. And it's all in how you phrase that. And it's all in how you position that to your leadership. But absolutely, we all have opportunities and that's okay. Now, also your opportunities list should not outweigh your strengths. Like don't sit in there and self-deprecate yourself and be, you know, and I, I will say that's feedback I get and I deserve is that I'm very hard on myself. Like I'm too hard on myself and put the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I don't know why I do that because it's like, I'm just one person. I can't possibly do all these things. And I know in my head that being that hard on myself is not helping. It's only hurting both me, my productivity, but also my ability to just keep moving forward with grace for myself. Um, And it also impacts our health too. It impacts mental well-being, impacts all of that when you're so, so worried about what other people are going to think. And frankly, that's where it comes from for me is that I worry so much. I put so much effort into what my leaders think of me. Like I worry about that so much. And this is a total vulnerable moment for me, but it's true that I want to do good so badly that I often am so, so hard on myself. I think it's why that phrase that I shared at the beginning resonated with me so much. It's like, oh my gosh, so I'm trying to please, really, and it's an unconscious attempt to control someone else's opinion of me. And why do I need them, them or opinion to be so high of me? Is that really where my self-worth is lied? Oh my gosh, there's all kinds of stuff to unpack there, right? I got to sign up for some more therapy with that one. I'm sharing this with you all because I bet you there's a lot of people out there that have the same problem I do. And it goes in this this almost crazy train of a circle. And I am sharing this with you because while I'm conscious of it, it's really hard habit to break. You do have to be conscious every day of really shutting out people's opinions 
uh, and balancing the feedback that you do get from like a setting that, that helps you be better with people that are going to help not hurt and assess and make sure that that you keep that feedback in check that it doesn't like weigh you down and make you feel so horrible about, about yourself because we all have opportunities to grow and to get better and that's part of the wonderful learning journey of life right all right, a few sips that we'll take take away, um, and hopefully this will help with some some FOPO. You know, there's FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Well, I think we should eliminate FOPO, fear of other people's opinions, because it's just not good. All right, sip number one. Some of you have probably heard the phase, phrase "never read the comments," and I know this is geared a lot towards celebrities and and people who. Um, are YouTube famous or, you know, social famous or influencers, etc. But I think it's also actually a good thing to think about in life because the world of social media, I don't believe that all these opinions that we see out there, everyone's like, it's so bad now. It's so bad. It's like, well, there's some definitely divisiveness, sure, in our country. But I actually think most all of this always existed. We're just seeing it play out now more and more and more on a platform, on the world stage, online, where people can hide behind. They're not in person with people. It's so easy to be a keyboard warrior and, you know, just spout off whatever you want on there. So be sensitive to that, that when people comment, and I've seen it even in Facebook communities where these are supposedly your friends and your family, where people just start kind of going off on each other and comments or, again, have opinions about anything and everything you post. And then it's it's some people have come to me going, well, I'm just not going to post anything ever, controversial anything, because heaven forbid I offend somebody and they comment on it. It's like, well, that's not the right answer either. That's your right, you know. Never reading the comments to me means I'm not going to care what people think. Again, I'm not advocating to put things out there to like, you know, create havoc in the world. However, that's a really, really slippery slope these days. I mean, I could say something that I would think is super benign and someone else takes total offense to it. It's like, well, where do you stop being yourself then? And if you want to post a Bible verse on social media, then freaking post a Bible verse on social media. If you want to share your opinion about something and post it, don't read the comments because everyone's going to have an opinion one way or another. So just keep those in check. And it's extremely important. Sip number two. I love this phrase. I don't know who said it, but I love it. Don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. Seek wise feedback. Seek people who you trust, you know has your back and your best interests at heart and ask them, you know, what can I do differently, better? What would you say? What kind of feedback would you give? I recently asked one of my leaders this, what can I do better? What can I do differently? I would have never asked him that if I didn't trust him, if I didn't know that he had my own best interests to grow and to, you know, grow in my path, my career, et cetera, here. It's such an important thing. And frankly, sadly, sometimes we will have leaders that you wouldn't trust their advice from because you do know they're self-serving or self-motivated or selfish. So be sensitive to that, that just because they happen to be in an org chart above you in a moment in time in your job or your career path, it also doesn't mean that you should take everything your own leader tells you to heart. Assess it, discern it, meditate on it, pray about it, anything. Just really be sensitive to that. Where is their motive in giving me this information? It's the number one question I always ask myself whenever somebody gives 
feedback, or an opinion. And then finally, last tip, stay aware that your actions are not just in a response to someone else's opinion. Be really sensitive that when people give you an opinion that whatever you do with that information, you are just not automatically flipping a switch and doing what they're, they're telling you to. Like, don't diet just because your mom said, oh, honey, you could stand to lose a few pounds or a spouse or whoever. And don't change your narrative or your style because maybe a coworker or a friend made a comment about it. Don't take anything to heart unless your heart wants you to take that. At the end of the day, other people's opinions, no matter who they are, do not matter as much as your opinion of yourself and that your self-worth and your worthiness of being here on planet Earth in this moment in time comes from within and for me comes from how God sees me. And you are one of a kind and you are uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully made. And nobody else's opinions of you or who you are should ever change that. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.